0: All you have to do is pick your, pick your favorite player over and unders to cash in. Head on over to pricefix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. And next, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And next, we're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up today to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at sobet.io slash s-g-p-n, that's s-o-b-e-t tio slash s-g-p-n. And finally, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that allows you to sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head on over to betterfantasy.com slash s-g-p-n, that's b-e-t-t-o-r fantasy slash s-g-p-n. And while you're downloading apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hand. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps.
1: Hi ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This is episode 96, I think. Is it 96?
0: That that sounds right. <laughs> okay.
1: You're not allowed to talk again. 96. Um, I'm going to dedicate this one to all our Dutch friends. Why? Because we are... Uh, I just checked our um, the charts the other day, podcast charts, and we're ranked in the netherlands now for some reason well i guess they like fighting and i think my co-host i think his origin story i think it, it comes from the netherlands Well we'll uh i'm not going to let him talk until he's introduced so we'll uh, we'll get more on that later but i think he he speaks their language sure. you 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 good people's language so hopefully he'll have something to say to you once i introduce him but thank you no matter where you are in the world thank you for listening to the may gambling podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, like I said, episode ninety six, two weeks away for the big one hundred. Episode one hundred. My co-host promises he's got a bunch of stuff planned for that episode. A lot of big surprises. So I can't wait to can't wait to uh, to hear what that could be. Uh who would this co-host be I'm speaking of? Who I'm making promises that he never really said. His name, um he's got lots of different names. We um usually he goes by Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Um and I was talking about lightning last episode with him. Lightning striking <laughs> twice, and it, it actually did. Lightning struck twice uh, in a couple of occasions. His huge under short notice underdog came through again. Lightning striking twice. Plus, he he actually beat me two events in a row. Squeaked by, but still a win's a win. Uh, um, so yeah, he uh, he had a good night last night at uh, at the UFC. But I think we'll we'll cover Bellator first because he didn't do so good at Bellator. That would be Daniel Gummy Vreeland. Hello, Mr. Vreeland. So
0: so I I almost had that clip, like, ready to go to play to you when you said that the only way Chris Curtis could win would be if lightning struck twice. Mm Yep, it did. And here here we are. I also said that, uh, and I I thought that this analogy held particularly well, it may need to be lightning striking twice, but Brendan Allen is going to play outside with a baseball bat up in the air. Uh, And I feel like he did exactly that.
1: (laughs) And it was not a wooden bat. Like I no. hoped it was gonna be a wooden bat, it was not. It was, no, it was like a three, three foot long, aluminum bat yeah,
0: yeah, three foot long aluminum bat tied to another aluminum bat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sure was. He got his mullet fried, that's for sure. Um I I, I was correct. You are Dutch,
0: correct? Yeah, uh the last thing Breland is. I I'm yes. like only like you know, I, I'm Dutch in the way that, like, people in America all say they're from a European nationality yeah. that they think is cool. Um, I'm not actually, like, any percent Dutch. Like, I can't trace any of my family back to it. I'm pretty sure, like, the, the whole, like, northeast New York area is kind of all Dutch. Um, yeah. So, so like, I, you know, I probably have some sort of ancestor from there. But uh, I'm mostly actually Polish. My mom's son's oh, family really? is Polish, which I can – trace back to actually my great grandma who i uh was living when i was a little kid uh was from poland originally so uh yeah Pol- poland is the one that i actually can trace it back to but Greenland is a dutch name
1: well we are not ranked in poland right now so do you have something you want to say to the people in Nether- N- netherlands dan in their yeah there's, there's,
0: very, there's very few phrases i remembered of when i tried to learn dutch because i went to amsterdam for a little while and uh yep. It, I tried to learn a whole bunch of things and then I went, went to practice them. They were like they just looked at me stupidly and then said the words in English. They're like, do you mean thank you? Uh, but since're we're, since we're charting in in, uh, in the Netherlands, I'd just like to say to all of our, our Dutch listeners uh, but uh, which i'm pretty sure if i'm saying it correctly means thank you that <laughs> sounds funny regardless it doesn't yeah. matter i don't care if it's right or wrong that's a yeah. funny sound and expression but, but i remember Vale and uh ikbenin shield pod uh from my uh language learning software which means uh the very convenient phrase i am a turtle <laughs> yes yes of course
1: that always comes in handy always comes in handy so yeah, let's, let's break down Bellator first, Dan. Because Bellator went well for you, right? Bellator two seventy two on Friday night. I mean, not bad.
0: I went two of five. I went two of no, five, to a five yeah. and hit a one seventy underdog. Um, and and let's be honest, real quick too, I it, all time bad beat in the main event, right? Yes. Like, I, I mean, Kyoji Horiguchi is beating the ever living hell out of Sergio Pettis. I think uh, Grabka Hitman, I think it was, uh, posted. On Twitter, like four seconds before Pettis landed that blow um, with the spinning back fist, if you haven't seen it, Twitter it. It's worth looking up. Um, but like four seconds before that happened, Grub get hit and then posted like Pettis is going to need a miracle in order to win this one. And then like, and, there you af- go. and then shortly thereafter he was like, "Well, there it is, a miracle." <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that doesn't. Maybe I'm just salty, but that just doesn't impress me. Like getting dominated for. Like twenty minutes or whatever, and then like someone's like you hit a hail mary or you hit like a full court shot in basketball and you stole a game. Like that doesn't really impress me too much. I know it takes more skill than that to. It wasn't just a lucky fling or anything like that. But yeah, I come away more impressed by Horaguchi than I do with with Pettis.
0: Yeah, well, and the the funny thing for me too. It, so I I think the basketball analogy with a full court heave is probably not as good of an analogy as it could be because yeah. it, at least in that case you were close. Like Pettis yeah, wasn't true. even close. It's like the only sport in the whole world, you know, uh, along with boxing where you could be getting the ever living hell beat out of you in like one second changes that, um, you know, it could be like getting beat by 15 in baseball and hitting a home run. And they're like, well, I guess you win. Um, yep. So, and that's exactly what he did. So uh, props to him for actually doing it and props to him for winning. But yeah, you're right. I, I don't like Pettis any more than I did before. Um, they're going into a grand prix right now in the bantamweight yep. division where the winner gets the championship. I have to imagine Kyoji Horiguchi goes into that as the favorite to win it, not Pettis. Um, you know, like I, I, if Pettis makes it to the finals against Horiguchi, I expect him to get stomped. Um, but like I, not even sure I'll pick him to make it to the finals when the bracket comes out, depending on who he's facing off with. So, uh, yeah, ultimately. A really bad beat for anybody who had money on Horiguchi. But, uh, you know, that's – sometimes in MMA, these things happen.
1: It's true. Um, are we concerned at all about Horiguchi? It's two out of the past three fights he's been knocked out.
0: Um, And, I mean, like,
1: and it's a lightweight class too, which is, is
0: yeah, even I more guess, rare. I guess so. But, like, this one, it's not like he's getting hit with blows that, like, don't look like they should knock him out either. Like, this was yeah. – like, he spun twice, first of all, because he missed the kick and then just kept spinning. Uh, yeah. He spun twice and hit him right square on the chin. So, I mean, like, if it was one of those knockouts that, like, hit him back near the ear and, like, seemed to have a weird knockout or, you know, I maybe I'd worry a little bit more. But I, I'm less worried about where Horiguchi is right now.
1: Okay. Very good. As long as you're not worried. And I won't be worried either, but yeah, that Grand Prix should be, should be pretty fun. Cause Bantamweight, there's a lot of good, a lot of good fighters. You
0: know, yeah. It's like fought. one of the old, it's like one of the only times though. I think Bellator whiffed a little bit on their tournament format because like they've done some 16 guy tournaments and like Bantamweight, yeah. they have the Bantamweights to go like one, one level deeper to like add yep. one more layer because they had Josh Hill pick up a huge win earlier in the night mm-hmm. um, and look damn good doing it. And like, they're like, oh, well, we'll have to keep it in mind in case we need an alternate. And we're like, really, that guy who just put in that kind of performance over Jared Scoggins is just like we're just going to, like, shrug our shoulders and say, like, well, maybe we'll just keep us. We'll remember his number. Like, yeah, it seems like a weird move.
1: Yeah. Um, call me on, Matt. This is the underdog. Yeah. Plus 135 because the Canadian didn't screw you. JBC. Jeremy from British Columbia. Um, Manuel Sanchez. He uh, straight, uh, three rounds to none on the scorecard, uh, grappled his way to victory. I think that's how you predicted that. that would happen, did you not?
0: It's pretty much exactly how I predicted it. Now, how bummed out are you that his nickname is Jeremy British Columbia?
1: <laughs> yeah, very, but not the band. I'm gonna go with the bandit still. The bandit. Is the yeah,
0: the better bandit's game. better. Or we can just pretend JVC stands for Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers. Uh, oh, the, menu yeah, item, the menu item from Wendy's. Yeah, you see that a fair work. amount of JVCs back in college. Yep. When you're
1: when you're watching your four VHS tapes, you had to, uh you could, you couldn't eat the tapes. You had to eat uh, JVCs also. Yeah. So, so you, you hit that one. Let me see. What else do we have? I missed on Kili's have... Mota
0: over Hamill. Hamill yeah. uh looked pretty decent on that one. I did yeah. hit on uh Kruchmer. Um right. like out over grappling it. the over. hell. Yeah. He he looked really good. I, I think getting him at one thirty was a steal. Um and then I missed yeah. one other one too. What was the other Kai one Kamaka. I missed? Ka- oh, yeah. Kamaka Kai came through. Yeah, yeah. He looked good. Um I I've I doubted Kai Kamaka a little bit more than I needed to. Uh that was also an underdog pick that I was hoping on, but yeah, I think it, I calculated it out. I think I'm down like a hundred bucks on Bellator on that one for if you did a hundred bucks a bet, which is uh yeah not, not not terrible.
1: What we say you have to do, you have to do that obviously. But he he made up for it last night, so I, I'm I'm burying the lead here. I'm making Dan. Um, yeah, you're making, making me Dan. sweat for the making for the him real sweat a bit stuff, the real <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> but to, to be truthfully, though, he beat me by one pick this week. He beat me by one pick. The, the previous uh, you, event. You want to go so in the, a, money,
0: money go line, the money?
1: Money line. Money line. You're here. killing me on the past two weeks. Yep. Yeah. All right. Before before we get to that, let's talk about Winbet. Uh, ready to win money and boost your odds. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Virginia, excuse me. Uh, not the Netherlands, I don't think though. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive. I can't talk. Exclusive is the word. Rewards. Right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams. Players and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Plus, WinBet has some brand new bonuses we have been telling you about. New users can bet $1 and win $100 in any sport. Plus, you, I'm talking to you, can get up to $1,500. It's a free bet. On WinBet, if you make a first deposit, $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, a WinBet will match it 200%. For example, you bet $100, they'll, match, they'll give you $200 free money. Max wager for that. For the match is 750 bucks they will give you 1500 i always forget your picks you you had a pick for everyone to put all their free money on i can't remember what it was though again it was nba so, i'm sure no it was, yeah it was
0: so, yeah it was thursday i told you to take phoenix uh minus 10 and a half over detroit they won by yes. 11 there you so, go uh, it's
1: amazing how like how often that happens like the bookmakers line makers know what they're doing it's wild
0: they, they didn't know what they were doing in that Memphis-Oklahoma City game, though, uh, yes. because that was absolutely wild. The The line was not uh, plus 72-and-a-half, surprisingly. No, it
1: was not. <laughs> right, what's, what's your winner this time for everyone, Dan?
0: Uh, I'll take the Bulls minus four-and-a-half over the Nuggets tomorrow night, tomorrow night being Monday. Uh, the Bulls are coming off of beating the Brooklyn Nets and yep. uh, and the New York Knicks. Back-to-back in New York. Uh, So they they swept the New York teams uh, in their home locales. So I'm going to say they ride that momentum back home, beat the Denver Nuggets, cover the four points.
1: All right, there you go. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From booster parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free, $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Dot com. Also, we are brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. Daily Fantasy Simplified. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Use promo code SGP and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. It's basically how it works it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including yards, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points, and more. PricePix allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. PricePix offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. PricePix has an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. PricePix is 4.8 star rated in the App Store with rave reviews. PricePix entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Is that easy. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawal. So make sure you go to pricefix.com promo code SGP for the 100% deposit match. And what, did your picks there come through, Dan? I can't remember. It was MMA. I remember that much. Oh,
0: yeah. Do you remember what you I picked? Didn't, I didn't write those down. but it, No, I, I think you probably can't because uh, I think two of the fighters who I took wound up getting canceled. Yep. I think I had Osmot yep. Mirzakhanov and Jake Matthews. As two of my picks and uh they they didn't they didn't fight this weekend
1: all right (laughs) pick pick two two for this this coming week go quick two two fighters for this coming week or or do nba if you rather or or football whatever you want for
0: for for, so for prize i'm gonna see what they have listed for basketball because i didn't have that up this is always makes for really good radio this is yeah that's uh, why i do it to you yeah, well, and, and if you give in. me any kind of warning, I'll, you know I'll have something ready. Uh, that's why. Nope. That's that's why when we do the wind bet one, I always know that you're gonna throw to me basketball. All right. So, uh, oh no, that's we can't we can't do football for today. That's silly. Um, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna hear this before the Monday or Sunday night game comes on. They don't appear to have Monday night stuff on here, at least not easily accessible. Well, I'm gonna tell you anyway. Tomorrow, take the uh, over on passing yards um, for Mac Jones, I think, undoubtedly. He gets those. Take the under on rushing yards for whatever Buffalo Bill you can find. Uh, whether it's Devin Singletary or whoever it is they, they plan on using, uh, they're not going to run the ball on the Pats. So I'm going to say take the over on Mac Jones passing yards, the under on a running back from the Bills.
1: See, this guy knows every sport, every sport. So, so there's two <laughs> picks, y'all. All right. He also knows. UFC, obviously, that's why everyone, that's what brought all of you to the dance here. UFC and ESPN, Font versus Auto went down last night. UFC Vegas 44 is what we also called it. From the Apex, it, was, it seemed to be a rock in Apex. There was, like, chants and everything. Yeah, We haven't heard that for quite a while. Jamal Hills,
0: I, I'm assuming it has to be his wife or girlfriend. Wow. I, she was up there with, was it Benson Henderson's mom that used to make a lot yes, of noise? North-
1: yes, 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 yes.
0: So, yeah, she was up there in in terms of screaming uh, with, with Benson Henderson's mom. So uh, shout out to her for that. Yeah, it, it did seem like it, it had a pretty raucous crowd. Yes, and it was probably raucous in the,
1: uh, in the woods, uh, in the Vreeland woods also, because Dan hit 300, yes, 300 dogs, count them. Well, technically 400 dogs. One of them was, uh, was less than even muddy, though, but still. Um, the dogs were barking for Dan and uh, they came through, and it wasn't just Moggsy barking. The the, uh, underdogs came through, uh, especially in the main event where Jose Aldo turned back the clock and almost skunked Rob Font. Uh, one one judge gave Rob Font one round. Uh, other than that, it was 50 45, 50 45, and then, like I said, the one judge 49 46. Um, yeah, Font looked good for the first, what, two or three minutes of the fight, and that was pretty much the only time he looked good.
0: I mean, I so I will say this about Rob Font in that performance. Like, I think, I, I think what he did was, like, very impressive in almost every round. However, he had, like, it was, like, such a good example of how MMA should be scored in that, the amount of strikes and the amount of jabs and stuff like that doesn't matter if you get beaten by a big blow, you know what I mean? And like in every round, Jose Aldo had the big blow, you know, yeah. either taking him off his feet with a leg kick, landed a big right hand. Like, I mean, like he stunned him multiple times. I think he knocked him down two or three times. Like, man, just an absolute great performance by Jose Aldo. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, like what else could be said really? I mean, he was, he was insanely good.
1: Yeah, I wasn't really – I wasn't trying to throw shade on uh, Font necessarily. Um, But, yeah, he he, he did all he could, and he he brought it to Aldo uh, every chance he could. But, yeah, Aldo, I I don't know if it's really – I guess it changes how I feel about him. I I still don't think he's going to win the title or anything like that. But, um, yeah, he he showed that he's got a lot left in the tank, I guess. Um, Because, yeah, that was impressive. The only thing that didn't impress me, he seemed like he could have – he could have pushed more to actually finish the fight two or three times and instead just um, seemed to settle into grappling and, and um, letting Font recover. Like if he, if he backed off and really poured it on, it seemed like he could have, could have stopped Font at least twice, maybe three times.
0: Yeah, I I think he could, but I also think like the, there were fights earlier in the night that were kind of cautionary tales for that too. Right. Like, and we could talk, we're going to get to those in a second, but like, there was a reason not to empty the tank against Rob Font, who is a guy who is, you know, have he's not tons younger than Jose Aldo, but he's got a lot less miles on the tires, and yeah. he's just kind of like one of those guys who, uh, you know, like gets better as fights go on and is tougher as fights go on. So like I get not like just chasing him to the mat and trying to like pour on as much as you can and like go for broke, um especially when you have such good control of where the fight that I mean he did that in the fifth round too right he got Rob Font down and he's just like I'm cool to be side control here because he's not going yeah. to get up and knock me out from side control right now so yeah like I, I think you're right I think he could have poured it on a little bit but man I, I don't think that that performance needed to be any more impressive than it already was
1: no dominating a guy for uh for full five rounds is um is an impressive feat so um, does it really change where he is in the, in the weight class? Probably not. He, he's not, probably won't be getting the next, um, title shot. He only gets title shots after losses anyhow. So that's, uh, that's the way it works. But, um, he called out TJ Dillashaw. That's that probably makes sense ranking wise and, and schedule wise and, and everything else. Uh, I think that fight probably makes sense to, to figure out who's next after next, I guess.
0: Yeah, so I, I think obviously they have to do the unification bout next, but that, that one makes perfect sense to be a number one contender fight. The only thing I could say is that if TJ Dillashaw is trying to wait out and doesn't think he needs another fight, you could see TJ turn that down, but I, I don't know if that's smart on TJ's part. I I think Aldo uh I think Aldo comes out looking a lot better doing that to Rob Font than TJ Dillashaw does squeaking out a win over Corey Sandhagen. Uh, oh, yes. regardless, regardless of how you feel about Sanhagen, like if it, if it were up to me and, uh, you know, Aljamain Sterling was not going to be ready, uh, next, man, I, I think Aldo may have jumped for that fight with Piotr Jan, the rematch with Piotr Jan before I give it to Dillashaw. Like he looked that much better, um, in doing so. So yeah, I think him versus Dillashaw is really the only fight that makes sense.
1: Yep. For sure. Um. All right, so Dan hit that one. What did you get for that? Plus one fifteen, I think. Yeah, that, that was that was one of your little dogs. You have bigger and, ones coming. And
0: that was and that was one of the ones where you told me that Aldo was old and washed, and there's was no way yeah. he could he could handle he, the speed of. Kind of
1: looked at at the starting though. Uh, he, don't you think the starting of the fight he kind of looked at?
0: Yeah, he, he he looked slower. Um, but yeah. then like you remember that like yeah okay he is a little bit slower, but he does hit like a truck too. Um, yeah, which yeah like ultimately was the difference maker here.
1: No doubt. Uh, The main card was not kind to me. It was like, I was two and four of the main card. Dan was the opposite, four and two. So I did get the co-main event right and Dan got it wrong. Raphael Fiziev outstruck his former training partner and friend, Brad Riddell. I got minus 120 on that one. He ended up winning via spinning wheel kick um, halfway through the, the last round. It was one of those delayed knockouts where Riddell just kind of froze
0: against the cage and actually Herb Dean actually stopped the fight which was strange right great stoppage by Herb Dean like (laughs) I I know we I know we rag on him all the time but like part of ragging on somebody all the time also needs to be giving him credit where credit is due uh because I Riddell I'm pretty sure like verbally tapped there I think that would be like like his body language was like oh I shouldn't be in here anymore um and he seems to like wave I, like, watched it back a couple of times. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it looks like he's actually asking them to end the fight, which is, is wild that that Herb Dean did. Because usually when somebody looks at even remotely awake, Herb Dean's like, oh, he's good. Um, yep. So, like, you know, props to him for getting in there and stopping it right away. Props for Fiziev not, you know, doing too much damage in the follow-up. Like, yeah, um, all together. And, and, hey, Fiziev looks like the real deal there now, too. Um, yeah. You know, he wins a performance bonus, which is worth mentioning. They gave out extra performance bonuses, yeah. um, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah, what so, was with that? Well, yeah, I, wasn't
1: there, maybe, that, maybe that's why, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have some theories about it, which uh, I'll share when we get to talking about Fight of the Night. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I think uh, Faziev is the guy in that division who, like, maybe we need to start talking about him fighting somebody like, Tony Ferguson, or you know, like somebody in that echelon, um, he he's certainly proven that he can hang with with just about anybody at this point.
1: Yeah, this was not a Sergio Pettis knockout. He was he was pretty pretty much winning that fight. At least on my scorecard, he he had that. He was winning I, that fight. I had, a, um, I had
0: him winning both round one and two. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I did too. Yeah, but it, it, I was thinking we may have been headed for a split decision possibly it depends how the last round went i guess um but it, it's all for not now i'm just checking the, the performance rankings i run on mma-manifesto.com i know fizzy jumped way up after that performance because he finished the guy who was like what four oh i think he was uh, um i think Fiziev's around top 10 now i can't even find him now he is a weight, correct no lightweight lightweight <laughs> I, i'm thinking of the main event he is a lightweight okay yeah he was at 15 and now he's up in round number eight, he, he yeah jumps ahead of Tony Ferguson, the person you just mentioned. He's right below Grant Dawson now. So you you want to see Tony Ferguson get uh, get murdered in the cage, Dan? Is that I mean, are like
0: for that fight. So so here's the thing about Tony Ferguson, though. First of all, ter- Tony Ferguson gives you violent ass fights, and he makes people prove what they're made of. Um, which is, you know, not that have beaten Brad Riddell. He's not. Uh, an impressive win, but like forcing him to have a grittier looking fight is like the kind of thing we need to see him do. And second of all, like yep. e- everybody has said that about any fantasy matchmaking of Tony Ferguson at this point. You're like, mm, yep. Oh, do you just want him to die? Oh, do you just want him to die? Oh, do you want him to just get hit, kicked that? Like, he has to fight somebody or else he's retiring, right? And he's very clearly not retiring. So, like, He's got to fight somebody, and he's currently ranked seven or eight. So, like, he's the perfect type of person for uh, you know, I think Fiziev might have been twelve uh heading into this fight or something like that in the official ranking. So, like, he's the perfect type of person that that guy should be fighting.
1: Yep, very very true. Hey, I'm I'm down for it. I'm just I'm just checking because you have sometimes you want people uh, bad things to happen to people. I just wanted to check if Tony Ferguson is, uh, is on that list or not, but I don't think he is.
0: No, I love Tony Ferguson. There you I, go. I, I right. was one of the the couple of like absolutely insane, crazy people who thought he was going to beat Habib if they actually fought, um, which I now realize is like one of the most insane opinions in MMA I've ever had. Um, who knows?
1: Uh, at the time, you never know. He, he that's, was
0: that's, he's a different person. He's a different person now.
1: Yep, definitely. So um, I got that one wrong. No, I got that one right. Excuse me. The next one, we both got wrong. Uh, Jimmy Crew. Yikes! This was Dan's lock pick. He lost in the minus 193. So your locks are 18 and 15 now. You're down almost 500 bucks, Dan. Great job. Great job. But, yeah, we did not see Jamal Hall, uh, Jamal Hill. We did not see that coming, did we? Uh, very quick knockout, less than a minute into the fight.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, bizarre. I, I think it was weird for me because when we broke down this fight, I think I said, you know, Jamal Hill... He hits hard, and he, he does well. And, like, I expected Jimmy Cruz to come out and shoot a takedown three seconds in. He didn't really do that. Um, no. He did look like he wanted one, but then he the punches he's throwing, like, get a freeze frame of him getting hit by Jamal Hill here. It's almost like the the uh, Todd Duffy-Frank Muir knockout. Do you remember that one where yep. Todd Duffy just threw, like, windmill punches? It was like Bart and Lisa about to fight in the, uh, the hockey episode of uh, – yes the Simpsons, and, like, that's the type of punch that Kroot threw here. It was both out of character for him and, like, the worst possible game plan. So, um, it does shock, but I don't think uh, my read on that fight was bad. Uh, I just think it was a very odd choice from a guy who is usually pretty well put together in his fights, too. So, uh, you know, unfortunate loss there for Jimmy Kroot, whose I got really beat up, too.
1: Yeah, um, it was a bad night for Mullets. Pretty much all around. Um, both guys that came in with, with beautiful mullets, uh, ended up getting knocked out. So that's two straight knockouts, or, or at least two straight stoppages now for Crude. What uh, what do we think about him now? Is he going to have, have to go back to being a full time fork, forklift driver like he was prior to being signed to the UFC? I don't think I don't think off? so
0: because because I I think we can just write off that loss to Anthony Smith. But yeah. like I, I think he was in a position to win that fight even after he got kicked in the leg and had drop foot. Like he he still scored a takedown and like maybe was working towards winning that round. Um, probably didn't win it because of the drop foot thing. And because he, you know, was like limping around weirdly, but like he, he almost beat a guy who is up there near, near the top of the division. And yeah, now he gets starched in 48 seconds and that's bad. Back to back stoppage is bad, but he's super young. And you know, one was a freak loss. One was temporary losing your head. I think, you just see him in there against an unranked guy next, and and we go from there.
1: So, what do we think of Jamal Hall now?
0: I'm still not is, is this, okay. <laughs> i i <laughs> he's I've, jumping up in my rankings. He's up
1: to nine now, but but this is light heavyweight, so you know, not saying much. He's three and one in the UFC. Um, has some has some nice wins, but yeah, you to be in, the guy. In yeah, if man.
0: I if I had stock in him, which I I don't. I would be selling it because he is. Everybody's high on him now. I saw a whole bunch of people tweeting. I, I can't remember who it was. Somebody I followed was was tweeting. Jamal Hill will be a UFC champ one day. Mark my words, or save this tweet, or what? Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I I can't. Like, don't get me wrong. He's got some good aspects, but like, he got badly out grappled by by Paul Craig, and like his arm broken, and like. You know, like, he didn't look real great in his fight with Darko Stoizic. And, like, I don't know. Like, I think there's still a lot to be said for him. He's got great punching power, which is really great. And he's got the ability to finish people. But, like, a lot of people at light heavyweight have that. And uh, without, like, a really good grappling game, who knows? He might, you know, he might catch a whole bunch of people in a row and and get near the top. But I think there are some really bad matchups for him in this division.
1: Maybe, I was just thinking, maybe this screaming was um, his partner was giving birth to child number seven. Maybe that's what yeah, we were hearing. Yeah, he's got like
0: 100 kids too, right?
1: He, does, he has six kids, so that would be number seven, yes. Maybe that's what we were hearing, perhaps. They just didn't mention on the telecast. So anyhow, we both got that one wrong. I don't know. We chalked that up to... Uh, bad game planning. A ba- yeah, bad game planning. Uh, I got the Rob Flynn fight wrong because Aldo was better than i chalked them up to be and uh, you got riddell well that one was kind of a, a toss-up right riddell physio yeah
0: like I, I think that was a coin toss fight and yeah. i took the i took the dog who it turns yep. out should have been a plus 120 dog pretty much right where i got him
1: yep there you go all right next fight <laughs> um yeah
0: <laughs> i love this fight so much <laughs>
1: Clay Guida submitted Leonardo Santos in the second round because referee uh, Keith Peterson had a whole bunch of his cigarette money on, uh, on Clay Guida, apparently. He listened to the last, the last um, podcast and was following Gumby's lead here because that fight shouldn't have been stopped multiple times in the first round. <laughs> that's,
0: some, that's some nonsense, Keith Peterson. <laughs> I, I, I,
1: just, just to be clear, I'm just joking. I don't know if Keith Peterson bats on fights with the cigarette money or any money for that matter. But yes, he, yeah, that fight should have been stopped multiple times, correct?
0: Yeah, that was, a, it was terrible reffing. But also, it, <laughs> but hey. it, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen since they've started posting live gambling odds because Guida comes yep. into that fight, right? A plus one, what, what did I get him at? Plus 125 plus dog? Plus 150. 150. Yeah. So he comes yeah. in as a plus 150 dog gets the pants beat off of him in round one to the point where if he didn't get that takedown near the end, you'd probably argue it was a 10-8. Um, yeah. So, like, he goes in as a as a 150 underdog, loses the round maybe 10-8, and when they post the live odds at the beginning of the second round, he's a negative 190 favorite. <laughs> like, yep. that's how that's how tired Santos looked. They were just like, oh, man, this dog is about to cash. And, like, all of the books started protecting themselves, which is – so funny to me. Uh and they probably still lost out of time. There were so many people who probably got in the live lines on that. Um but yeah, like Guida put in the most quintessential Clay Guida performance I've ever seen. I saw Darren Elkins tweeted like hell yeah Clay Guida and I'm like, yeah, that is the most appropriate person to be congratulating him on that kind of right. win because it's it was like it was a Darren Elkins Clay Guida type win in uh yeah, it's great to see him, that he still got it at 40 because, my God, does he still got it.
1: <laughs> and that's pretty much how you predicted it would happen, too, Santos. Yeah,
0: you'd tire him out. You'd just pace. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you, you know he was going to tire him out by getting uh, beat to death for the first, <laughs> first round. But,
0: uh, no, I thought he'd it, try to wrestle him to the point where yeah, he was tired, yeah. but, like, and, instead he took punches to his own face until he was yeah. tired.
1: <laughs> and it was weird. Santos didn't, like, he wasn't visibly tired, but he just, like, I don't think he, he looked visibly tired of me, but he just stopped, like, moving.
0: <laughs> he stopped yeah, doing he anything. Do, he stopped, he his limbs doing, stopped like, working. He wasn't doing, the, like, big breaths that, like, people see yeah, or yeah. hands down that people see or mouth open that people see. It was just, like, his limbs didn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, he just, stopped, he just stopped doing anything.
1: Like, it, like so, immediately so after, here, when the fight wasn't stopped, he just stopped being <laughs> you, somebody, you unplugged the, beat him.
0: somebody unplugged the controller that's basically what happened <laughs> yes
1: exactly yes that is exactly what happened all right so dan got a lucky plus 150 there that oh, uh, that was a well that fun. was
0: a well thought out <laughs> 150 uh, it
1: happened exactly the way you predicted it but it shouldn't have happened is what i'm saying the next one <laughs> oh, exactly oh boy the i next predicted one. it
0: as well did it happen Curtis, practice, lightning
1: it. <laughs> he brendan allen mullet once again um, yeah, he seemed to be taking Chris Curtis way too lightly, which I didn't enjoy seeing uh, when the fight started, and he got himself TKO'd in the second round pretty violently. Chris Curtis did it again. Um, yeah, but I think Alan just did not take this fight seriously enough, and Curtis got Dan 280 and got me a minus 100 bucks.
0: Yeah, uh, I would say a little bit of him not taking him seriously enough, and a little bit of and I said this on the podcast, too. I expect him to have an enormous grappling advantage and to stupidly not go to it yes. at the regularity he did because that's what he did against Punaheli Soriano. Since he's moved to Sanford MMA, and I don't want to blame Sanford MMA because later on on the show, I'm going to sing their praises about how they turned a fighter's career around. Uh, at Sanford MMA, I think he's fallen in love with his hands. He's getting coaching from you know Henry Hooft or, or whoever. And he's like, "Oh, I'm a good puncher," which is true, but he's not a better puncher than he is a grappler, and he seems to think he is. So, uh, yeah, like it played out exactly as I thought. He got too comfortable on the feet, and you can't get too comfortable on the feet with Chris Curtis because this bastard is now two and zero with wins over Brendan Allen and Phil Hawes, which is an insane two fight resume. <laughs>
1: Already in the top, he's number ten in the middleweight. My performance middle middleweight rankings as of now. That's how impressive his two performances were over people with good records that he stopped. So that that, that racks you up a lot of points in my rankings. So and he doesn't even look like a middleweight. He should be a welterweight. If he, like he was much smaller than Brendan Allen in there. Dicker so maybe, when but.
0: so when I when I interviewed him, oh god, I wish I could remember exactly when it was. It was before his first fight. Um, yeah in the UFC, but before he beat Phil Hawes, he said that eventually he thought he would go back to welterweight. Um, yeah. But, it, but when he was fighting Phil Haas, he said, but you know, it, who knows I could go in there and beat this guy who's basically ranked or close to being ranked. And at the end of the day, if I do that and I look really good and the UFC wants to see me at 85 again, I'll stay at 85. And it seems like after seeing him win at 85, seeing him win at 85 again, he seems now open to the idea that he might just stay there um, and I'm not sure that it's such a bad idea. Like there are, there are dudes in the, the UFC's top 15 right now that I think I would pick Chris
1: Curtis over, you know, like yeah, it's I, a much, much easier weight class. The welterweight weight is one of those stack ones.
0: Like I, I'm going to No, I'm going to give you a couple of names and like, tell me, w- would you, would you possibly pick Chris Curtis? Would you at least have to think about it? Um, Calvin Gaston. Yeah, of course. You, I, I you saying, would. I, I, I
1: would consider it for sure because you would get a good number on that too.
0: Yeah, Brad Tavares. Yes, definitely. Yeah, Kevin Holland.
1: Mm, it's hard because Holland is so big and long, but yeah, yeah that that's that's a tough one. Chris, but, Chris um, Weidman. <laughs> of course, I'm going to pick against Chris Weidman. Chris but Weidman Chris is going to get knocked Chris out. Weid,
0: so, so I just read you four yep. names that are that are between ten and fifteen in the rankings, and like, yep. I'd pick him to beat a lot of those dudes. Um, you know, I might not pick him to beat guys like, you know, Jack Hermanson or Sean Strickland or Paulo Costa right. yet, but, like, who knows what he does with a, you know, win over Kelvin Gastelum or something like that.
1: A month ago, he wasn't in the UFC, basically. Yeah. Well, his first, his first fight was a month minus a day. It was November the 6th was his first fight on short notice. So basically a month ago, he was not even employed. By, yeah. this, by this organization, now he's got two he, highlight wins and two bonuses. He got another fifty fifty k. Yep.
0: So he, that's also his. Back. That's also his sixth win this year. He fought six yeah, times right. six, in twenty twenty one with yep. five KOs, which is just it's an absurd resume for a year. So all the,
1: we had a run of uh, bonuses there. Physia Hill, Guida, Curtis all got fifty fifty k uh, bonuses for all of their finishes there. And um, yeah, I had a like I said a very bad run here. Um, I got all three of those wrong. Uh, the next one, I, this is the the opener of the uh, main card. Dan and I both got right. Alex Morono minus two forty uh, beat Mickey Gall pretty much. It was exactly the fight went down exactly the way we expected. Morono won uh, three rounds to done on all scorecards, and he basically outstruck Mickey Gall as we expected.
0: Yeah, nothing really to say here other than, uh, like, Mickey Gall should have shot a couple more takedowns, even if they didn't work. It seemed like he didn't know how to get the entry, uh, and then um, he, instead of just, like, forcing an entry or two or seeing what he could get done, he just, like, abandoned it and boxed with him, and that was, man, that is not going to work. Yeah,
1: Morano is borderline top 15, I I think, uh, at least according to my my rankings. He's he's, uh, putting together a nice little run here. what that is three in that? a row. Hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah,
0: that's three in a row. I, I don't. I I think he falls into that that range of guys who are just outside of it, and he, you know he's got to yeah. fight somebody like Daniel Rodriguez or Michelle Pereira yeah. or people like that. But um, and and he's also kind of up there in age too, which I think people forget about. Like right. Morano is well, no, he's just got miles on the tires. He's not that old, right? He's only thirty two, um, yeah. or something like that. But um, yeah, 31. like.
1: 30, oh jeez only twenty nine fights though so
0: yeah and and I think some amateur fights before that too so yeah. um in some wars because he loves to the dude loves to brawl so um yep. yeah I think he's probably just outside the rankings for me but but right up there anyway
1: what are we doing with Mickey Gall are we keeping him around Dan he, he's he's swapping wins and losses every fights he's swapping wins and losses he's now seven and four as a pro he's twenty nine years old already done basically all of his growing up in the UFC. He only had one fight before he moved into the UFC. Probably wasn't best for his career, but, um, we keeping him around.
0: I think so. Um, you know, like, so he wins his first three fights against three guys who were all, you know, Mike Jackson, CM Punk and Sage Northcutt. um, and and from there, he's basically been beating people who he can out grapple and yeah. not beating people he can't, right? Like he, he beat Jordan Williams because he could out grapple him. He couldn't out grapple Mike Perry, whose takedown defense is sometimes underrated. He could out grapple George Sullivan, but he couldn't out grapple Diego Sanchez or Randy Brown or like, so for me, I just want to see if his hands keep coming around, Um, if things need to progress. and. I don't know necessarily that I'm ready to write him off after, you know, a loss to, to Asmurano, who has now won, you know, like you said, a slew of fights in a row. He And he's not, not against, you know, bums either. He knocked out Donald Cerrone. So, yeah, I'm not ready to write off Mickey Gall and to, to send him out to Pastor yet. But I do think they have to keep putting him in there with guys. Who will make him work for his grappling? Because if you just put him in there with like the worst grapplers, he's of course gonna beat him and then you're gonna answer no questions. So like answer yeah. the question can he grapple Murano? No, okay, what's right behind that?
1: Yep. Yep, yep. Alright, so that's the main card. I went two and four, Dan went four and two and made uh, I me mean, I see how much you made just off the main card. Main card you made you made three hundred and eighty six bucks and sixty seven cents off the main card. Not too good, shabby.
0: It's a good main card, especially for only getting 67%, right?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Fantastic. All right, let's tell you about PropSwap. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. You can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale, and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average PropSwapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets on PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. We are also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is the new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit, they even help raise money for charity along the way. They're a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community with the Slick app, and that's very fun to use. One of the reasons we love using it is they also offer profit value. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in on some prop bets on Better Fantasy. Plus, they just added a cool bonus. If you can get your entire league to join Better Fantasy, they'll give the league a $150 gift card to get a sick-ass trophy from trophysmack.com. It's a totally free-to-play App Download today on your iPhone or Android. Check them out. BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com slash SGPN. All right. Um, I forgot to mention we did lose a few fights. Dan um, danced around that earlier on. We lost. What did we lose? Azumov lost... versus
0: versus Jared Vandera. Uh, yeah, which, because Vandera
1: which... wasn't physically cleared like how, how yeah. did they figure I'm, that out like the day before the fight it's not like he had to cut weight either he was super fat on the scales
0: well he so here's the thing though is that he may have had to cut weight um oh yeah he, okay, did weigh, maybe. he did weigh 265 and you're right he he is a he is a chunky guy right he is a he hashtag is a chunky guy. guy so i think part of the issue there may be that like he had to cut the weight and he wasn't able to well um there yeah. could have been something wrong with with you know like especially when you're that big if you're doing a weight cut uh, you know I, I can imagine something going wrong with kidneys or or something like that so he wasn't medically cleared he could have also just gotten an id or something like that stupidly and they they caught him on it um yeah. like right after weigh-ins so that one got canceled and then we also lost um jeremiah wells one of his cornermen tested positive for covid um, not his head coach. Uh, which I his head coach was, um, very forward about stating. Uh, not his head coach, and that his so his fight with Jake Matthews was pulled. I'm kind of hoping they just stick that at the apex on the last card of the year. Uh, yeah. you know, because as as long as Jeremiah Wells obviously doesn't wind up with COVID, because man, that would suck for Jake Matthews to fly all this way. Right. Uh, not not get a fight in. So hopefully they can just do something where he stays in Vegas for a couple of weeks and we get to see that fight after all.
1: Uh, yeah. Matthews was my lock pick, by the way. So I didn't have a lock pick come through this week. Um, I'd rather just see uh, a uh, fight at his proper weight class, light like yeah. heavyweight. So hopefully they'll just do that next for him and hopefully soon. Um, all right. So we, we ended up doing all the work for 15 fights. I did all the writing for 15 fights, all the research and we ended up only having 13 come through. So, Onto the prelims. Uh, Dusko Todorovic, Tikeo, Demacki, Pitolo. Four and a half, four thirty-four 4.34 into the first round. I got—I was way off in this one. Uh, Todorovic looked way better than Pitolo. So, my lone, or one of my lone underdog picks did not come through. Dance, of course, came through. He had Dusko.
0: Yeah, I, I, to me, Pitolo's just like, man, I never, again, I, I don't think I ever call for people's job, or I try not to be, but like, it's pretty wild that Maki Pitolo still has a job in the UFC, yeah. and I know he's, like, fun. I'm sure he doesn't like, anymore. Well, you say that, though, but, like, Impa Kasangane got fired before him and beat the hell out of him. You know, yeah. like, in, in Impa was 2-2 two two at the time, and Maki was 1-4 at the time. Um, I, I'm not quite sure what what is still convincing the UFC, maybe – the fact that he's in there on short notice, maybe that the fight with Julian Marquez, it looked like he was winning for a little bit. I, I don't know what it is, but, like, he's getting beat and getting finished in there. I, I don't yeah. – he just doesn't seem like he can handle – especially if he can't handle Dushko Todorovic. Like, he doesn't seem like he belongs in there, right?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. He's he's given He's been given more than enough chance to prove that he's been in there, and he's not exactly fighting the – the elite the upper echelon of the weight class, so yeah. Um he to the bin with Mackie Patolo, I'm sorry to say. Um plus like because I got it wrong, so I'm not happy with that. So <laughs> flyweights, Manel Cape or Cape, I guess he just goes away. Is it were they calling it it's, Cape last night? I think it's Cape. I think yeah. it's Cape. It shouldn't be, but regardless. <laughs> I, I I've decided <laughs> it's Jumma and it's uh, Cape. Um Zumagulov started off pretty good. I'm like, uh oh. He's, he was putting it on Manal Cape, but then he actually Manal Cape showed why everyone's so high on him and um, lightning quick punches to get the TKO win at four minutes into the first round. We both hit this one minus two forty, but yeah, uh, Cape. He uh, seems like he's starting to get his legs under him in the UFC and he's he's uh, found his rhythm.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna toot my own horn on this one too. I I pretty much predicted exactly the reason why this would fight this fight would happen this way is that Manel has a problem with being overly complacent and overly passive. And I said, Zuma Gulov isn't going to let him be passive. Uh, and it's going to be the worst thing that Zuma Gulov could do. Is that like just force Cape to fight some violent fight? Because he's so damn good at that. So... Yeah, uh, I think Zogas just brought cape into his own or cap or damn it. How are we? Uh, we're saying it. I think I said it. I think I have said it three different ways on this show already. So uh, yep. we'll we'll go for four maybe. Um, Manel, uh, just you know, he, I really do believe he's like a top five flyweight when he fights the way he ought to fight, um, and I think we saw it a little bit here. Um, I'm pumped to see him fight again. He definitely belongs in the flyweight rankings now, um, and this, this performance really showed it.
1: Yep, one of those um, not super stacked weight classes, so he definitely can, can uh, jump up the rankings very quickly. Hey, I, uh, the next pick I actually got right, and you got wrong. You didn't just do so good in the prelims, Dan, so luckily you don't host a podcast where you make picks in the prelims, right? Because that would be
0: pretty bad. Yeah, that would be kind of embarrassing.
1: Especially if if uh, people screwed you over again, you had to do the show by yourself. Yeah, to
0: no, I need. Mean, did, he didn't screw me over, but that, that's a <laughs> that's a different show for another time. Uh, you know, people have things come up sometimes, Jeff. I
1: know. Hey, I I do it to you all the time, Dan. Don't you know it? It Always seems to be Dan's on the other end of it. But anyhow, um, watch your weights, Brian Barberina During weeks, weeks was game, but uh, Barbarina got going, made it into a ugly bad damn type of fight and won two rounds two one
0: yeah it was a veteran win for brian barbara yes sure. yeah yep. that, that was, was it, and i got it and that's pretty much all the only thing you say about it and i was thinking weeks his athleticism would play up high enough to to score some dog money there and it just did not so uh i'm really excited to see him on a full camp though i i think yeah. he's he's definitely very promising
1: yeah, it was that was a tough matchup uh, fighting a, a dog that will bring it to you the whole the whole fight, and you didn't have a training camp. So, um, all right, uh, I got the next one right. I had a nice little streak here. I, I got actually got three three fights in a row, and two of them Dad didn't get. Uh, Cheyenne Velizmus looked very good against Valerie Martin, minus 190. Hit that, that pick. She won. Thirty, twenty-seven, twenty-nine, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, twenty-eight. Basically, was picking apart Martin on the feet and had rock solid takedown defense. Wouldn't let Martin get her wrestling or grappling going uh, whatsoever. So I don't. Uh, I I think you you said you wanted to talk about uh, bonuses. This one, one fight of the night, which I don't get. I would have had at least a couple other fights ahead of this one.
0: Yeah, well, here's the the thing that I wanted to talk about with that too is that like I'm always in on giving a bonus to people lower down on the card right. who seemingly wouldn't get the bonus, right? Like, if there's a big knockout, right. like, I, we're going to talk about Vince Morales in a second, and I didn't pick him to win. I'm a little bummed he didn't get a performance bonus. And not that Clay Guida didn't deserve one, but, man, 50000 to Vince Morales is a lot different than what 50000 is to Clay Guida um so like he's a carpenter I kinda, for crying out loud he isn't yeah, he, yeah 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 he's, he's, he's he also has his own like chartered fishing company do you know this it's yeah yes Thri- i did know that yeah Thrills and thrills i believe um where <laughs> nice. he like he like takes you and a member of team alpha male out on a fishing trip so you get to like go fishing with like oh wouldn't you the, love that dan me and uh, I, I hey you know i know like- i i know i hate on team alpha male quite a bit but next week uh if you're listening to the Top Turtle MMA podcast, which should be out in a couple of days, uh, there may or may not be an interview with me and a member of Team Alpha Male. So, uh, oh. yeah. Did you I, air your grievances, Dan? I didn't, because he's actually <laughs> one of the few. I, I mean, like, I can just spoil it. I I spoke with Josh Emmett this week. He's one of the few uh, Team Alpha Male guys I'm, like, a fan of. Um, although, Clay Gwina's a Team Alpha Male ma- guy yeah, now, they're, too, so
1: They're picking up some weird. It's it's strange. Like, yeah, because
0: um, Elkins there, too?
1: Yeah. I, yeah, it, it's always – and then they have a bunch of Asian, Asian – your dog. There, it's Saw your dog fights yeah. out of there now. <laughs> it, it's, it's a real random group of fighters, but, hey, they seem to be doing okay again. So. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so you think Velizimus, uh and Martin got the bonus because
0: they need the money? <laughs> I don't know, but, but – okay, so, yeah, here's – let's get back to the actual point. Uh, other than that, I hate to help Um, I'm like when people early on the fight card get it, but tell right, me yeah. in what world – was that a more fun fight to watch than William Knight versus Alonzo Minifield? Yeah, which was fucking yeah. chaos. Or or
1: Fizia versus Riddell. Or yeah. even the main event. Main event was was.
0: I mean, the, yeah. And, the and again, I, I probably wouldn't pick the main event just because, no. like, Aldo doesn't need the money at this point, right? And Font yeah. doesn't probably doesn't need the money, but like. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess Bays versus Martin was right up there, but man, William, that I mean, I would give Fight of the Night just to the first round of William Knight versus <laughs> yeah. Lasso Benefiel, which was yeah. silly.
1: Um, So the thoughts on Lizness, You are you sold on her now? Because that was a very I, good performance. Two, two, I, two I, good performance in a row.
0: I am more sold on her than I was before. It seems like the uh, changing of camps is working really well for her. For whatever yeah. reason, she did not jive well with Fortis. It seemed like... It wasn't playing well to her because that's where she was originally, I believe. Down with yeah. where her—I I don't want to say ex-husband or separated husband or estranged husband or whatever. Um, that's where she was when she seemingly was with J.T. Um and now she's up at uh, Extreme Couture with—is it Danny Davis, the boxing coach there? Um, and it seems like it's really doing wonders for her boxing. Now wow, she looked great. You know, you mentioned she stuffed Mallory Martin a bunch of times. She did, but Mallory Martin really took a long time to get to her takedowns. Like, she didn't shoot yeah. early, which I thought was very dumb. It also made it so that, like, Vliz Moss, like, established her range and made it really hard to shoot that takedown. Whereas if she shot it right away while Vliz Moss was starting to find her range, like, I think she might have had more success. So I'm going to chalk a little bit of to to bad game planning of Mallory Martin, but also I will say I, I am coming around on Vliz Moss. I do think she is – her boxing is going to hold up in that division. It'll just be a question of, like, if you pair her with, like, a Kanako Murata or a um, a Vierna Jandiroba. like, can she stuff their takedowns? Can she stuff the takedowns of, like, the grapplers? Um, but if she can, yeah, like, her boxing definitely looks like it holds up.
1: Yeah, she's only 26, too, so Sky could still be the limit for her. Um, so, yeah, I hit that one. So Mary of missed to me, right, Dan? Say, say that one more time. I said I hit minus one ninety on her. So Mary Vlismas to me.
0: Yeah, it, it, hey. it's an
1: early blissmas. It's an early Vlismas present. <laughs> yes, it is.
0: Uh, All right,
1: anyhow, boy, thanks. Thanks for really. It was such a bad
0: that. pun I didn't even pick up on it. At You're me.
1: like, excuse me, can you repeat that? That's always well, that's well, the worst We were
0: also thing. just talking about her marital status, and you said <laughs> Mary Vlismas, and I was like, that's true. What, what are you? What do you suggesting?
1: <laughs> like that's worse than like you not laughing is you making me repeat it. What was that again? <laughs> uh, the next fight was fun. We got robbed in this one. You think we got robbed? William Knight won. 29-28 across the board against Lanza Minifield. I thought we had that one in the bag.
0: So I did too, to the point where I didn't even stay in my living room to watch the decision. I got up uh, to go get something in the other room and because I just assumed it was there. And when I got back, they were interviewing William Knight, and it shocked me. And what did you I- go
1: get, Dan? We have to know. What did you go get?
0: i went I went and got my crying child in the other room <laughs>
1: uh, what a what a father
0: yeah it wasn't, it wasn't as exciting as you thought it was gonna be what, um, what
1: what were they crying about?
0: um, I can't remember this time. they don't like Bass at the current moment, so maybe really? my bass. kids my kids have always loved bass, so uh, course, right? he he did like two weeks ago um oh uh,
1: yeah, fickle it, he's fickle. Yeah,
0: it it changes so uh, I will say this as I thought about it more, so my gut reaction was Mennefield won that fight clearly won the second and third round, and I walked away. As I force myself to think about it more and more and more and more, there is really a really good argument for William Knight winning that fight. Because he he obviously wins the first round, right? Nobody argues he won the first round. He obviously lost the second round. Again, nobody argues that. The difference between all of the media members on MMA decision and the judges was all of the judges gave that last round to William Knight all of the media members gave it to, to Alonzo Menifield, But yes. the more I think about it with the criteria, like Menifield didn't have anything more than control, right? Like, did he do any right. damage in that third round? But what did Knight, I guess Knight did a little he, bit. He landed, he landed those three or four bombs right at the end, right? Yeah. And like, not flush, uh, but enough to get a reaction and to get Menifield backing up. But under the criteria, if you say, okay, who is the more effective grappler in that round? Neither of them. Neither of them grappled effectively at all. Which of them was a more effective striker in that round? 100% William Knight, right? Um, And at the end of the day, you don't even consider octagon control or aggression until you go over those first two criteria, and there's no winner. So in my opinion, after thinking about it, I do think William Knight was the more effective striker in round number three. So while I'd like to cry robbery here and my uh, also my initial reaction was the same as yours, It was robbery. Yeah. The more I thought about it, I actually think William Knight probably deserved to win that fight.
1: Yeah, no, that all makes sense. I would prefer them to score fights as Any, well anyhow. Uh, I don't want guys being able to guys or gals being able to steal fights just by leaning on someone against the, the cage and doing nothing for, for four minutes or, or on the on the ground for that matter. So um I'm salty because we lost, but I would prefer them to score it this way, anyhow. So, yeah, big win for William Knight. Um, we we whiffed on that one. Um, how do we whiff on that one? We thought Knight was going to screw up and Mennefield was going to make him pay for it. That, that's that's what you sold me on, Dan.
0: And he did screw up. Yeah. And Mennefield did, to an extent, make him pay for it, just not enough. No. Um, the crucifix he got at the end was the end of the first round. He got the crucifix or the, some part of the second round. Thought he was going to get work done there, and then William Knight stood up because he can do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Derek, Derek Lewis style. Um, we got Claudia Puelis right minus one hundred nine. That was a slight underdog. He submitted Chris Gritzmacher knee bar uh, late in the third round. That that was impressive.
0: Yeah, and he becomes only the first person ever in UFC history to hit two knee bars in their UFC. Really? Career. Yeah, because he, he uh the the first one was like a. I don't know if you remember, it was his first win in the UFC. He had just come off the Ultimate Fighter, and he hit a wild, like, come-from-behind knee bar with, like, two-and-a-half minutes left on Felipe Silva. Um, After getting the light, you know, zapped out of him for two straight rounds, he, like, Hail Mary knee bar. This was, like, deliberately set up. If you if you do jiu-jitsu and you, you're, like, you know, well-versed in leg locks and you are watching this fight, you're like, oh, he's gonna knee bar him. What's Gritsmacher doing? Wait, he's just letting him knee bar him. What is he doing? And then he knee barred him. Uh yep. it was really dumb. And fucking Bisping was even at Cage Side yelling at Ritzmacher to get up.
1: Yep. Yep. He told him to get out of there multiple times, right? Um yep. That that was a fight he was yelling get out of there. Yes, yeah it was. Um No was that the fight he kept? Yeah, yelling? that was the one where okay, he was yeah.
0: like, Hey, get out of there.
1: Yes. Get,
0: yes. get out of there and then he didn't and yep. he got submitted.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we got that one right. Knight did not start off well. We should have. We got to follow these patterns more often, Dan. Uh, Luis Smolka, coming off a win, he's going to lose. That's just the way it goes. Um, he's one of those guys, and he lost. Uh, minus one forty-five, he lost to Vince Morales, who t- who KO'd him with punches two minutes into the fight.
0: Yeah, I. So you know, you usually ask, why did we get this one wrong? Yes. Why did we get, um, this, and this one the- we we were
1: we were wavering on this one a bit.
0: I, I was wavering on this one because I wanted to fade both of them. I will say, yeah. shocked at Vince Morales' power. Like, where right. the hell has that been? Like, it was a weight, which, granted, you know, weights don't typically have too, too much KO power. And, like, I, I don't – has he ever won – like, he's never won in the UFC by KO because he's only got, like, one other UFC win or two other UFC wins, but – my goodness, did he look like he had some crazy KO power that we didn't know about And, uh hey, caught him right on the chin. He
1: won by KO five years ago, almost to the day. December December ninth, in front street fights for the boat. FF. FF. Never F- die. Um yeah, and he won via KO in uh in Bellator against Hamilton Ash. Great name. Um but yeah, he, he hasn't it's been a while. It's been a minute, as the kids say. So yeah, I, I don't know if we got anything wrong here. Luis Smokers can't be trusted, and neither can Vince Morales. So,
0: yeah, I, yeah, it, it was a it was a bantamweight curtain jerker.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. So on the night, uh, a very good night for Dan. Well, actually, it was mediocre in terms of wins and losses. I went six and seven, but lost a boat a buttload of money. Uh, 336 or 337 bucks Dan went seven to six which usually results in losing money but no he had a bunch of dogs he won 179 bucks he had plus 115 plus 150 plus 280 and then the um minus 109 was technically a dog in Puala so uh, for the year I've That this this event killed well the last couple I've haven't done super good on and I'm down to 58%. This one brought me from 60, which I want, which is the goal, down to 58, which sucks. Dan is still at 55. I'm still ahead by 700 bucks in the money game. Um, so 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 there's still time.
0: I'm pretty sure I said (laughs) before this two events. That there was still time, and I there, think I think well, – did I just pick up 500 in this one? You did. Oh.
1: There is still time. Yeah, it's, it's only 700 bucks. Yeah, I didn't think there was, but yeah, there definitely is.
0: Well, because wow. of these last events, I picked up yeah. money in both. <laughs>
1: wow. That's wild. That's wild. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's talk about uh, sobat. I like talking about them. It says, when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. Sobet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. Sobet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to Sobet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wages to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody's on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's S-O-B-E-T dot I-O slash SGPN today to join the revolution. Uh, Don't forget, also forget about prize picks. Dan gave you some picks, which I, already forgot because I didn't pay attention, but whatever Dan says, you know, just rewind and listen. Um, <laughs> make make sure you head over to .com, Get signed up today. Get 100% deposit bonus using promo code SGP and follow Dan's picks. And if you haven't already, download the SGP on app. We are now live in the App Store and Google Play. The app gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts, any deals that we have, news articles, everything is right there. And toss us an app review too. Be a buddy. All right. That's it for the picks. We what do we have coming up? We have UFC. We have a big one actually. UFC 269 is coming up this weekend, so that's what next episode will be. Will be um, zeroing in on. Have you seen the poster? Masvidal still on the poster, and it does not look like Masvidal. That's a very strange picture of him.
0: Oh yeah, he's like, like, like very. He's very clean cut. Although, yes. if you just let Juliana Pena's hair be a little longer, it would look like his, and then then it would look better. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's what it is.
1: We lost that fight, but we still got a pretty good fight card. Uh, Charles Oliveira, the new champ, versus Dustin Poirier for the lightweight belt. Amanda Nunes, the GOAT, putting your bandweight belt on the line against Juliana Pena. Uh, we got Jeff Neal, who's – is he still in jail, or has he been sprung out by now?
0: I believe he's been sprung out,
1: but that Ooh. is –
0: that makes that pick weird, right?
1: Yes. That's like yeah. Jeremy uh that's like what's his face? Jeremy Stevens when uh he was arrested the, the week of the a uh, fight and uh Dana White kept claiming he, like, I mean, he was gonna he's gonna fight regardless. But and yeah,
0: you're like Jeff should ne- should should this affect him? Is it bad yeah. if I think it won't? <laughs> yeah.
1: Jeff <laughs> Neil is him, so that's what he got arrested for. So obviously he's training hard, right? Um so he's fighting Santiago Pons and Nibio as of now. Kai Kara France versus Cody Gar- Garbrandt finally is going to fly away. I saw a picture of him, he's very, very uh, thin right now. Uh, and then yeah, people Hullian... love
0: talking about people love talking about how he looks.
1: <laughs> yes, Holy Pavia, Holian. It's Hollyan, Dan. Even though it's an R, and it's Pava, right? Or... Pava,
0: yeah. Pava.
1: He's fighting Sugar Sean O'Malley, so that's always fun. Josh Emmett's back, as Dan mentioned, versus Dan Ige. That's another good fight. Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz. So we're what already. Seven fights deep, we're, and we're, we're still talking bangers. Augusto Sakai versus Tai Tui Vasa, that's, that's also a good fight. That's eight straight. Uh, then we got the Beverly Hills Ninjas coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we'll skip that one. But um, Then we got Aaron Blanchfield versus Miranda Maverick on the prelims. Um, Alex Perez versus Matt Schnell. Ryan Hall versus Derek Minner. This is a killer fight card. Jillian Robertson's opening starting things off. This is a damn good fight card, Dan.
0: Yeah, and you haven't even gotten around to saying the name Randy Costa, who is nonstop Randy entertainment. Yeah, right. or uh, Kelly, or Andre Andre Muniz either. Like yes. uh, who? who yeah, boy. Who submitted Jacare? Like he's the fighting your boy. He is fighting your boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh,
1: this is one heck of a fight card.
0: Yeah, That's very very good. And there's probably a couple of places where I can pick up about 400 or 500 bucks on you if I need to. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah.
1: Is, is there some? I, I haven't looked at the numbers. Is there some big odds here that um, you like? I, I
0: I haven't looked at the numbers either. I know there's one line that I really like um, very extensively that I think you'll be on the other side of um, okay. almost almost positively. Plus, we've already uh, spoiled a pick in this on this fight card that uh, I said I was going to take. Uh, the underdog, and you said you were going to take the favorite. So unless you uh, change your mind and back out, uh, I've got an underdog there that I think is going to hit, and you're going to miss on. So. Oh yes, yes, I remember now. Yes. Yeah, you're, yeah. yeah. Women's flyway fight, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're going to take Miranda Maverick. I'm going to take Aaron yeah. Blanchfield, and despite the fact that I really like Miranda Maverick, uh, yeah, I'm going to win some plus money there too. So yeah, there, there's there's opportunities here for me to to pick up a whole bunch of money on you. It's good because everybody's team Gumby still. Uh, despite, it's because neat- when you hit plus two eighty underdogs, or <laughs> actually plus two forty back to back weeks, two forty or better. Because um, I hit Shaiel on too, in, in when you took Sean Soriano, you took Sean Soriano. You owned five. Um, so yeah, I mean that's why you're Team Gumby. You yeah. know you you, you want I'm the saying. you want the big you want the big uh, underdog money. That's where all the yeah. fun is.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter if you lose over the long haul. It's just you know you you get the adrenaline rush of of hitting big <laughs> big plus two eighty dogs. So, all right. So yeah, this will be a fun fight card regardless of whether we have similar picks or not. Um, that will be Wednesday's show. Let's put this one to bed. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you could. Jeff Fox, writer. He is Gumby Vreeland. Uh, join up the SGPN Slack channel. It's always lots of fun in there. Um, there's channels for everything, including fights. So get on that um, and read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com and mma-manifesto.com and subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed so you can get us in your ear holes the second I I post the podcast rather than waiting for it to go out on the SGPN feed. That is it. And this is the time of the show where I let Dan say goodbye and he always screws it up. So here we go, Dan. (laughs) Say goodbye to the people.
0: I'm David Covey-Freeland. He is Juicy J. Jeff Fox, and we will catch you on Wednesday.